Hey, how you guys doing today? You ready to you ready to get on the show? Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh man, it's kind of been a long week. Back's kind of killing me right now, but uh, I think we can pull through with this. Got your coffee? Hey, I got my coffee. I got my coffee. Yeah, me too. Me too. Josh, I'm drinking a Dr Pepper. It just hasn't been tasting right ever since I got back. You doing okay? Come on, man. Ever since I got back from the forest, I just just hasn't been tasting so good that Dr Pepper. The forest. I think what the I hell got bit by in something. the forest, man. Well, I know you went. Camp- I know you went jungle. camping and stuff, but I mean, I didn't know it, it was, was so kind traumatic of a jungle for you. Out there. Well, I got bit by something. I just haven't been feeling so great. I mean, with COVID, I'm good. it's hard to get in, but the only doctor I need is disrespect. I'm good. Okay. All right. So, you, <laughs> oh, you're, so you're going to get on the show tonight. You're, you're not going to be all pussyfooting around. You're ready to do this. We're good. Let's do it, baby. Let's saddle up. All right. Sure, and... man, because you're looking, looking a little rough. As long as you got some Dr. D and some Dr. P, you're good. I'm okay. Got all the right. DP. Let's do this. Welcome, folks, to another episode of the Turnbuckle Report, your number one in wrestling podcasting. That is right. Today we have a show for you in store. My Lord, is it going to be hot today? It's already hot because the temperature's rising, baby. Maybe kill off a little bit of that COVID for us. I got to bring in my two main boys, the guy, Chad. What's up, brother? Hey, man, I'm loving that we have that live studio audience clapping in the background. That is mm-hmm. definitely not a recording good. or fake. That is we, so real. We are coming to you clapping. live in a recorded setting, and the dog cast father himself, Joshua. What's up, brother? Listen, listen, listen. It's me, Joshua T., the big dog, Josh Lampton. How we doing? How we I doing? Sh- I think I've already described in great detail I'm do- how I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm rocking it this morning. I'm ready to go. I'm feeling great. I got a fishing trip ahead of me today. You boys know how I feel about drowning some worms. I'm, I'm, I'm in a good mood. I'm in a good mood. You tell me about your time. You guys doing good? Doing COVID great. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. Solid. Subtle but good. I'm guys. A little, but can I just say something real quick? I'm a little, mm-hmm. I'm a little sad, though. Don't be sad. I'm sad because I need more people to come listen to Scarecast. Listen, just a plug. Folks, if you like wrestling, join us every Wednesday on the Turnbuckle Report. And if you love the big dog as much as I do, you check him out every Friday on Dogcast. And Mondays is set aside for Scarecast. Check us out. Go over on Mondays and check out that Scarecast, guys. You're not going to be disappointed. It's all part of that uh, Dogcast uh, production studios thing we got going on. We're taking over the world tonight. It's all Listen, about the turnbuckle. We are though. gonna be on top of the world, top of the stratosphere. Brother. If you ever interrupt me again, look at me. Look in the camera. If Listen, you, it if doesn't you, matter yeah, what you have. I to am say. upset. I am upset right now. <laughs> He's looking solid upset. That's the am, most pissed off I've ever seen him. I I, I for, yeah, here's the thing. I got on the show and I was very happy about. You know, I, I, I've, I've lost a couple pounds. I'm, I'm darkened. And as we all know, that fat looks better when it's dark. So I'm feeling good about that. And then you come over here, Josh, and you just shit on my intro. Okay? I'm on a roll, by the way. I'm looking good. I'm on point. Stacey Adams style. And then you come over here, 
and you shit on my stuff. You know, I don't, I don't appreciate that. I apologize. <laughs> that was easy. Good enough. Moving on. Tonight, guys, we have a whole docket of things to talk about. I mean, we're going to go over some AEW Double or Nothing. We're going to go over some SmackDown. We're going to go over some Dynamite, overall WWE. And then to cap off the show, we're going to get into that Dark Side of the Ring, Benoit Part 1 and 2, baby. We have a full boat. Guys, we got to start with AEW Double or Nothing. I know there's been some controversy about this. But I don't give a shit because I loved it. I love everything AEW is putting out right now. There was some points in the show I wasn't the happiest with. But overall, great pay-per-view. They had a great buy rate. Uh, basically doubled their expectations uh, for what they were expecting to do there. Well, duh. That's what expectations means, Leland. Great show. Right out the gate. What would you guys think? I enjoyed the show. But I have to tell you something, and I, and I was going to wait till the very end to bring this up, and I want to bring it up right away just to get it out of the way. Mr. Cornette, man, completely shit all over mm. that show. He was not happy with it. He said it was the most, and this, I'm not, this is his words, not mine. He said it was the most fucked up thing he'd ever seen. That, uh, that them being out in the football field, wrestling out there. I'll tell you what, man, when Adam Hangman Page showed up with that horse, I popped in my house, man. I Jumped right off my couch. I was excited. I don't know what's up with this dude. I don't know what's up Cornette's ass, man. I don't know if he's just pissed off because we're we're all stuck inside. But what do you expect when you don't have a crowd? You got to figure out a way to bring people in and engage them to watch wrestling. Does he think we're just gonna have old school like studio style wrestling? You know, like cramp a couple wrestlers on the side of the ring and just keep doing that old school studio style because he was putting that over. He was super happy with that. So then we move him outside, we put him in a football field, and all of a sudden it became fucked up. What is, what is with this guy? I love Jim Cornette, don't get me wrong, I like the guy. But this is, this, he's just, he's like he's on Ritalin or something, man. He's always bouncing the fuck around. He can't seem to just stay in one lane. As much respect as I have for Jim Cornette and what he's done in this business I love, he is totally off base right now. And he's not taking in consideration what is going on in this world of wrestling. Now, the overall show, I was extremely happy with. The Stampede match at the end, eh, I didn't really like it. I liked the ending, as we discussed. I didn't like the overall match, though, because it reminded me too much of that gimmicky match that WWE put on for for Money, money in the yeah. Bank. So I just, it wasn't my feel. But I'm not going to come on the air and totally shit on it because I'm still getting quality wrestling. I'm still getting entertainment. And for Jim Cornette to sit here and say it's the worst shit he's ever seen, he's totally off fucking base on this. Because this guy gets on Dark Side of the Ring every episode that he can, and the first thing that falls out of his mouth is, insert topic, this is the worst shit I've ever seen. So your fucking credibility means nothing to me at this point, Jim Cornette. Remember when Brawl for All was the worst thing you've ever seen? Remember when Vince Russo was the worst thing you've ever been around? Come on, man. Like, fucking just pick something and stand on it. Stop shitting on everything just because you, you're not in the fucking business anymore and you can't shut your mouth enough to get fired all the fucking time. Controversy. He knows that it'll bring people in. If he creates a little, a little static in the air, you know, creates a little electricity, yeah. he knows he becomes relevant for that 30 seconds that somebody's reading that article. Yeah, that's exactly it. Listen, listen, listen. Here's the thing, though. That pay-per-view was kind of off in my eyes, and let me tell you why. 
What AEW is doing better than anyone right now is listening to their fans, but the problem is, is that they've now taken it to the level of, come on, bro. Now you've kind of, like, you're pushing it too far. Like, the whole thing about them chasing him in the car, that's now a meme. Well, now they're moving with that, just like they did with the bubbly thing with Chris Jericho. They're taking all that way too far. Like, it was almost not so much like a wrestling show. It was almost like a comedy hour. Like, hey, whoo, jubi, jubi, jubi. And we're going to wrestle really quick. Okay, anyways. Oh, right back to the laughter. Yeah, we're in a stadium on horses and shit. Oh, here we're going to wrestle really quick. Anyways, mediocre match. And there we are. It's like, to me, the pay-per-view scale 1 to 10, I, I give it like a 5.5. <clears throat> I kind of agree with Jim Cornette. Not as far as Jim Cornette went, but I do agree that it was definitely not my favorite. Okay, it wasn't my favorite either, and I'm not saying that. But everything you just described, Josh, was the Stampede match. You're telling me that that ladder match, that Royal Rumble slash ladder match to find a number one contender for the AEW Heavyweight Championship, that wasn't fucking fire. You're telling me that wasn't a great match. That was all in ring. Oh, that not... was the two things we loved. That was a mixture of Money in the Bank and a mixture of Royal Rumble. How? Or I'm, I'm sorry, TLC and Royal Rumble. How can you not fucking love that? It's not that everything was bad about the show. I'm saying that it was so scatterbrained yeah. that it took away from the show being great. So, like, they had great matches, but it was so corny as fuck in between the matches that it took you away from the match. Like, at the end of the day, we're, we're the comedy relief is great, but we're still here to watch wrestling. And that's where they lost me because I didn't feel like I was watching wrestling. Did they lose you because, that's, because you were expecting to see a wrestling match or because you didn't look at it as, okay, this is... How are they going to do a stampede match? This is going to be comedy because the inner circle, that's kind of their game. They're going to, they're all doing the comedy thing. They did the bubbly bunch, this, that, and the other. If you look at it in the perspective that this was a variety show style comedy bit, then I think you can find more appreciation in it. But if you look at it like you're saying, and I think like Jim Cornette saying, as a wrestling match, then no, it was a complete shit show. And I'll tell you what I think the number one thing that made it a complete shit show, that match, mind you, was fucking Matt Hardy. I am so sick and tired of this character already. I know the whole world seems to be over on this guy, but motherfucker, is he driving me crazy? Are you guys, are you guys on the page with me here, or, is, or am I just totally out in left field? I <clears throat> let me let me step back a minute. I loved when Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy had their tag team going on. When it was Broken Matt Hardy and or Woken Matt Hardy and Woken Bray Wyatt. Those Woken, the Woken tag team was pretty solid. All right. Now we fast forward to AEW and he's a multiple personality character. On Dynamite, he played a character that was from like a million years ago. And then on the pay-per-view, he was, what version of Matt Hardy did we get? Uh, Damascus? We got all three. Oh, that's right. He kept, yeah. Okay. In, in one that's match. Right. Yeah, because yeah, he, he, every that. time he went under the water in that pool hot tub thing, he came out as a new version, that. just like he did in the ice yes, machine. so that. Okay, that bothered me, because that was pre-taped. None of yeah. that was live. You knew that shit. They had worked on that for at least four days before that went on TV. You could tell, because every yeah. time he went in the water and came back up, he was dressed as somebody else. So to me, that's not live wrestling. I can see where Cornette might have been a little pissed off about that. But that wasn't the worst thing. Um, you know, when I love Adam Hangman Page. Love the man. Okay, and we're going to get into this a little bit for the big dog, because I owe, I owe the big dog a little bit here on that part. But anyways, mm -hmm. I did not like the bar scene, but I loved watching 
Hangman beat somebody's ass. But I didn't like the setting that they were doing it in. To me, that wasn't yeah. that wasn't appreciating Adam Hangman Page, in my opinion. And, and was it too gimmicky for you? Yeah, it was too gimmicky. But anything before that, up until the Stampede match, that was a potential nine out of ten pay per view. You get in the Stampede match, entertaining. It brought it down a couple notches. So now you're like at a seven out of ten for me. But I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far as what Cornette said and said it was shit. Um, but Leland, I do want to bring up one more thing too for for Josh today. So uh, Big Dog, so we were talking about this the other day, and I think you were part of the group chat on this. Uh, we were talking about Lariat versus Clothesline. Mm-hmm. They're not the same. And so while I had the argument with you who had a better clothesline, I think we brought this up a couple weeks ago. The truth of the matter is. Page can't even be in the conversation because he isn't doing a clothesline. So he can't even be considered like who's better, JBL or or Page, because at this point it's JBL because JBL's doing a clothesline. Page is doing a Larry. Well, here's the thing. You know, AEW, I think the reason why I was looking at it wrong was because I was going in expecting a wrestling match. I should have been going in expecting a show. I think that's where the difference was. But, I will tell you this. AEW wouldn't have sold me on the show, but what does sell me on the show is Dark Side of the Ring. And did you guys catch that Benoit episode? We did, but before we jump into that, my man, we are offering an apology. Because I'm pretty sure there's a couple times. I know he's no-selling us on this one here, but there's a couple times on on the show... That I told you you were full of shit because you were all about JBL. I am offering my sincerest apologies because JBL has the best clothesline in the business. It's devastating. And Hangman has the best lariat. So we all win. uh, And Josh gets the apologies. So put that in your pipe and smoke and enjoy it. Say hello to your mother for me. Listen, I already knew everything that comes out of my mouth is greatness. I only know the best. That's how I knew JBL had the best clothesline. That's how I know Batista has the best powerbomb. And that's how I know Dark Side of the Ring is the best documentary series of any entertainment of, in history. The thing is, Josh, I don't like to be wrong, but you were right. And I, and I'm, and I hate saying when I'm wrong, and I'm offering that to him. I was wrong because it's not, he's not doing a clothesline, he's doing a lariat. And, and Leland and I had to go back and rewatch. There is a difference between the two. Yeah, uh, what's wrong is how how badly Josh is no-selling us on this and just moving forward with the show. Oh, whatever. Benoit, man, I'll tell you, dark side of the ring, Josh, you alluded to it, you said it, you put it out there in the universe. The best documentary series of all time. Fuck Tiger King. Fuck them all, man. It is dark side of the ring. They are doing things in this show that are beyond wrestling, really. And, And we touched on this on the show last week a little bit with the Macho Man show. And, and Big Dog, we missed the shit out of you. I know how much uh, love you've got for Macho, and hopefully we can tie back into that at some point. Oh, but yeah. They started season two with what everybody wanted to hear about. When I heard they were doing a documentary series about the underbelly of wrestling, the very first thing I wanted to hear about was Chris Benoit. Season two, episode one, delivered that. In a two-hour opening, they opened their series with two hours, part one, part two, of Chris Benoit and that whole crazy, crazy story. Now, 
I will say, and, and, and we kind of talked about this off air a little bit when we were going through scripting, this is a difficult subject to talk about. And I want to be sensitive to the family. I want to be sensitive to the subject. And in no way, shape, or form do I want to come over as that I'm trying to put over a villain. Does that make sense? I know what he did. Now the whole world knows what the guy did. We have a little more perspective as to maybe why he did that. Not that it's a reason, not that it's a justification, but maybe we have a little more insight as to what happened there. It doesn't take away what he did in the ring. And if we're talking about just wrestling, the guy was phenomenal in the ring. He was one of my favorites growing up. Now, the final 48 hours of his life kind of dictates all that, right? It kind of dictates what uh, what we now, the narrative is, what we think about Chris Benoit, and that's fair. Do I think the guy should ever go into the Hall of Fame? Absolutely not. You guys may disagree with me, but I feel like putting him in the Hall of Fame would be the absolute wrong thing to do, and I think that if he was here today, he would say that as well. But he's not. And now we have this insane, insane story that rocked the uh, world. Man, Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit. Where do we even start with this, guys? It's hard not to start Chris with Benoit, that. I, Dude, that documentary series of Chris Benoit did two things for me. So it gave me closure because I, there was still a part of me that was given it hope that maybe he was, he was murdered, right? The documentary series completely closed that door and completely convinced me that he did kill his family and all that stuff. So if anything, the dark side of the ring kind of opened my eyes to, yes, Chris Benoit is one of the best technical wrestlers of all time. You can't take that away from him. He's one of the best performers ever. But the problem is, is that, like you said, in the last 48 hours of his life kind of ruined all that. I mean, you can't glorify it. You could acknowledge he was a great wrestler, but I think the Hall of Fame, this is going to be huge because I've said he should be in the Hall of Fame since like 2008. You know, uh, but after watching that show, I believe he actually does not need to go in there. You know, and that's kind of why I put that lightning rod out there is we've had that conversation on air and off air. I don't think a, a, a why is is where we need to go with that. But what what made you come to that conclusion where finally was it the was it the graphic details? I think it was just the overall description that you got to hear from. So like episode one built him up and that's why that's why the that's why dark side of the ring is the best fucking documentary on earth the first episode built him up you got to see what a great wrestler he was and then it ended on a cliff note and you're like oh shit okay yeah and then episode two starts up and tells you all the dark side so you got to see the light side of chris benoit and you got to see the dark side of chris benoit and the light side if that was the only part they had i would have thought hall of fame still but when you see that dark side it shadows all the light that he had in his entire life and unfortunately, for me, that's what makes me feel that he does not need to go into the Hall of Fame. Chad, where do you sit on all this? I agree with Josh. <clears throat> he hurt a child. And as far as I'm concerned, nothing taken away from his wife. What he did to his wife is, is unspeakable. It's, it's, it's not okay. But he hurt his child, too. You know, suffocated him. I mean, this is not okay. And to me, whenever you hurt a child... That just cancels out your everything. Anything you ever did good in your life is, to me, that's you're done right there. I cut you off. So well, and see, 
Chad, that's where I also have to agree with you too, and what I think this might open your eyes too, is that the Dark Side of the Ring opened your eyes for another reason. You gotta see how shady WWE is after all this shit happens. So like, yeah, Chris Benoit killed his, his family, so why did they blacklist his child that still is living? You know what I mean? Doesn't make sense. Like it's it's like they were it trying to wash their hands of it. They just they and that's the one thing that the, they couldn't come together right. with it. They couldn't. They couldn't. I don't think Vince or any of the creative team could put their hands in it. They they literally had to let go of it and just let it free fall and hope that everybody forgot about it. Which what look we talked about Lex Luger last week. They did the same thing. They tried to wash all that Miss Elizabeth shit under the rug, man. They tried to just sweep it under, you know, mop it away. Hopefully nobody will talk about it, right? And what does Dark Side of the Ring do? Brings it all back out, right? Puts these guys out in the forefront. Let's everybody know what the hell they were doing. I don't even think Lex Luger should be in the Hall of Fame, for that matter. So if I don't think he should go in, definitely Chris Benoit shouldn't go in. And that, and that right. what, what Luger did is, is, is just, in my opinion, just as fucking bad. He, he killed her. Flat out. He killed but they'll never Miss acknowledge Elizabeth. that. They will never acknowledge that. No, because an acknowledgement of that would would uh, would force a an arrest. I mean, so no, that's not going to be that's not going to be touched at all. You know, one thing that really stood out to me in the show, and, and I know I'm, I don't feel like you're on the turnbuckle report. We need to dive in. Go back and watch the episode. Go back and watch part one and part two of this Benoit show. Um, I, I don't want to get into a complete dissection of what I liked, what I dis- didn't like. The show is, imp- yeah, exactly. The show is, is impactful. Um, and quite frankly, even though I'm the people's host and I love doing what I'm doing, there's no way that I could, I could deliver the justice that it, that it deserves this story. Um, the guys that, that made dark side of the ring, man, they just, they hit it spot on. But one thing that really stood out to me is, and it really showed the, um, the spirit of goodness. Um, I, I'm one of those people that believe it in the middle of all the chaos and Lord knows 2020 has already delivered a lot of it to us so far in the middle of all the chaos. Look for the people trying to help. There's always people trying to help. And in this case, that's Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho displays a side of himself that um, oddly enough, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it right now, a good side of him that he wanted to be a part of this story. He wanted to be a part of the Benoit story because he knew David Benoit, late son of Chris, and he knew Nancy. And and, and what come with Nancy was Sandra, her sister. He knew that these two people are the only ones in the world that could relate to each other and get that they get that real connection, that healing, if you will. And after all these years, they had no connection with each other. And Benoit, or I'm sorry, and, and Jericho was able to kind of bring those two together through this series. And uh, and find some closure there. I thought that was just such a great way to end the show, where they were they were reunited. You saw them happy together. And then what are they doing at the very end? They went to a wrestling match. They went to a wrestling event. I, I just love that that ended on that kind of high note, um, with it being such a dark story. And, and no pun intended. It was just it was hard to watch at times. Um, cringy. To it's just every every adjective I can think of. It was just hard to watch, and, and to end it on that that positive note uh, was good for me. Did it? Did that have any kind of impact on you guys? I think it needed to end on a positive. I'm glad that uh, David and his aunt could reconnect. 
Uh, you got to imagine how hard that was for David to feel blackballed, you know, or blacklisted, I will, if you will, where he has no contact with anybody, WWE shutting him out. Literally, the only person that's acknowledging his existence is Jericho. Mm -hmm. And you know, Jericho might play a, a, a pretty solid heel, mm -hmm. but man, in real life, he's yeah, you're right, he's solid. He's a good guy. Yeah. The biggest thing I took away from that episode, one of the biggest things is how unlucky Chavo Guerrero is to be the dude that finds Eddie to be the dude that is the last person to talk to fucking Chris I mean bruh how he has not killed himself is should he should be in the Hall, Hall of Fame just because of that that episode I mean and I know you're I know you're not too. saying that lightly I, I know you're not saying that lightly Josh that you know that the the, the, the in, intention there is that he it's amazing he's went through all of this, absolutely. You know what? I think I think if we just take a second to reflect on that for a minute. If you guys can just imagine for a second to have to go through something like that as being in Chavo's shoes. I mean, the man has to be he has to be the one of the most strong-minded persons on the planet. You know, he has to have a solid upstairs, you know what I'm saying? Cuz I agree with Josh, for me that would be I, I would be going through depression, and the guy seems like he's still with it. And I absolutely agree that he should just be in the Hall of Fame. And Chavo is a good wrestler. I remember watching his matches when I was a kid. Chavo is solid. So, yeah, he comes from a know, good lineage. Kind of consider that. Absolutely. You know, in the in this uh, in the beginning of the show, I said we were going to talk about SmackDown and uh, AEW Dynamite. Well, as time has got away, we're going to push that off to the next to the next show because I'll tell you the one thing about SmackDown that is is jumping off the paper for me is we now you guys know I'm a huge Chris Farley fan we now have wrestling's version of Chris Farley in the form of Otis and man I can't wait to get into this on the next episode uh breaking news guys I don't know if you heard this Seth Rawlings uh Seth Rollins rather you know he's becoming a father yeah okay is he becoming a father or just creating his own fucking faction. Whether you're heel, whether you're babyface, you do you, baby. <laughs>